This podcast is a production of Restoring the Core, an initiative designed to assist those looking to explore classic Christianity with Connected Age resources online at restoringthecore.com. This is Finding Hidden Treasure. We're having another one of our uh, Saturday morning breakfast discussion, uh, for lack of a better term, replays. Some things that we've talked about over Saturday morning breakfast and we thought would be beneficial for the audience of Finding Hidden Treasure as uh, they hear the interaction that uh, Julie and I have had over these questions and these discussions. And once again, my dear wife, Julie, is uh, joining me for the podcast. Hello, Julie. Hi. So would you like to uh, discuss? So a couple weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had this, what I really felt like was a word from the Lord. And the word that I got was a burst of light and then you see his face. And I got up and I thought about it for a little bit. I fell back asleep and a few minutes later, I woke up again with that same, a burst of light and then you see his face. And I fell asleep again and it was maybe about five in the morning I woke up and this phrase was running through my brain over and over again, a burst of light and then you see his face. And I knew that this is something that meant something, but I, I didn't really know where I was supposed to be going with this. So when I got up and I talked to you and I told you, I had this sentence going over and over in my head. And I said, I I don't know what this means. And I thought I would bring that up here that we could talk about it. There's a passage that is found in second Corinthians chapter three, starting in verse 12 and then going into chapter 4. Let me read that for you because I think it's necessary to help set the context because when you brought this up, what you believe the Lord had put into your thinking that day, this is what occurred to me. So uh, let me read it. Starting in verse 12, chapter 3. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I want to move forward in going to verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Going to verse 6. For God said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And when you said that, I got chills because it talked about the light bringing the light of the gospel and seeing the face of Christ. And that's exactly what had been going through my mind on that. It's like, oh, there's a verse about that that speaks to it in more words, but it really does boil down to a burst of light and then you see his face. I think there are a few things that came up during the discussion. One of them is is just a human analogy of what would happen if you're sitting in a darkened room and you have somebody sitting next to you 
And maybe it's not the perfect analogy because there could be other things that you would know that somebody's sitting next to you. But let's say this person was just utterly silent. You'd have no idea that they're there. It's not until somebody flips a light switch that you can now see their face. They've been there all along, but now you can see them. There's also another factor to this. I like to think of this in a way kind of like fireworks in the sense that you can have a darkened sky and then when fireworks are going off, I mean, uh, here in the United States, uh, always on the 4th of July, especially one that's spectacular, things can be or seem very darkened in the field that you're watching the, the fireworks in. And then when there's that burst of light, you can see everyone on the ground pretty clearly. I think, and this is not original with me, but there are other people I've been reading, and I really think that there's some insight here, a few things. Number one is that we have to remember that people who are not yet in Christ are spiritually blinded. Paul is very clear with that in these passages that I just read. So you can't reason somebody into the faith. It's going to be something that is going to be revealed by God, but the way it's revealed by God strongly parallels the creation of the universe that you're going to find that in the same way, in the very first command that God gives in Genesis chapter 1, the very first, I can call it, quote of God. The first time he speaks. The first time that, well, we have, yeah, the very words of God, in a sense, quoted, is where it says, where he says, let there be light, and there was. So out of this darkness, light is now shown. And in a very real way, each person who has been regenerated, born again, saved, whatever term you want to use, that for them, they are a living mini universe for whom God has shown the light. And in the very same way, now that you see the light, you can now see the face of Christ. And the glory of God. And the glory of God. And that's something to keep in mind that that is something, that's a theme that goes throughout scripture. It's within the last few years, maybe the last four or five years, the idea of the glory of God, it's one of those things where once you know what to look for, it's there all over the place. Well, it says the hidden, that his glory is hidden in creation. His glory is hidden in creation, and yet there are predictions such as in, I believe it's Habakkuk, where it says that the the knowledge of the glory of God will fill the earth. So it's a prediction of what's still yet going to happen. We find where uh, the Lord Jesus on what is called the Mount of Transfiguration reveals something of his glory to his apostles, Peter, James, and John. And we're given a preview of what's going to happen in the future. We find in the book of Revelation, Jesus, who is the Lamb, who's being spoken of kind of in an allegory or symbolically toward the end of Revelation, especially if you take a look at Revelation chapter 21, you're going to find where the lamb is the lamp and will give light forever. There's, uh, the scripture says there's no more need for sun or moon. That light will continue and that light source is going to be Jesus Christ. His glory will radiate. For example, in the beginning of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter one, verse three, where it talks about the sun being the very radiance of the glory of God. Again, what a spectacular thing for us to be able to look forward to as believers. When the Lord Jesus was praying what's called the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, this is a prayer he's praying at some short period of time before he's arrested later that night. It's a really interesting insight into what Jesus' priorities were on that night. He prays about his father being glorified and the father would glorify him. 
However, he also prays for his future believers. What he promises, though, and what he desires from the Father is that his followers would be able to see his glory. And for somebody who knows he's about to die, when he's talking to the Father like this, what could be a greater gift than seeing his glory? Jesus gave no more or no higher priority than that his believers would see his glory eventually. And again, while it may be a little hard for us to wrap our heads around how that could be the greatest thing, the Lord Jesus tells us that that is. It's one of those things we know by faith and we cling to it boldly. Well, that's the one thing that came to me at the end of this conversation is what a better prayer to pray for our loved ones, that the veil would be lifted, that they would see his glory, that they would see the face of Christ. And that's something I think that we're commanded to do based on that Second Corinthians passage. I think it is a good prayer that we can use. I think one thing we can take comfort by is that the people who will see Christ's face are those for whom the veil has been lifted. They are now in right relationship with God. You are still in darkness if you aren't. What I'd like to leave you with is that when you see that face of Christ, when that burst of light happens, it will be the face of one who's smiling upon you, not one who's frowning, not one who's scowling. Take comfort in that. Those in Christ, you are loved with an everlasting love. Never forget how loved and known and called you are by this Christ who gave this burst of light and has kept it burning in you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this program. We can be contacted at mail at restoringthecore.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash restoringthecore. You can also follow us on Twitter at RestoreTheCore. My original blog is still active. It is found at schoolofthesolitaryplace.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time for Finding Hidden Treasure.